to save us and to renew creation. That's what this season is all about. And we're so glad that you are here to take it in with us all. We're going to get back to worship in just a second. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around. Look for somebody you haven't seen in seven days. All right? Someone very special to you. Give them an elbow bump. You go before 
The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. In the Bleak Midwinter by Christina Rossetti. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter long ago. Our God Heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed. The Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Angels and archangels may have gathered there. Cherubim and seraphim throng the air. But his mother only, in her maiden bliss, 
Worship the beloved with a kiss. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I will give him my heart. of Jesus. Ancient prophets foretold of a wonderful event, the coming of the Lord our righteous Savior. The prophets of the Old Testament waited in hope for the Messiah's arrival. We too wait in hope and excited anticipation as we draw near to him this morning. stand and sing with me.
seated. Thank you, Rachel. Beautiful. I have got five important church life items for you. Church life segment is one of my favorite moments in any worship service. That's really true because these are the opportunities to step further into the life and mission of Hillside Covenant Church, which is to be light in the world. So I hope you lock into these and you're sensitive to how God's Spirit might lead you uh, to take us up on one of these opportunities for ministry and greater involvement. First of all, if you've been around Hillside for a while, you know that we are very deeply invested in the country of Myanmar and we work with an organization, one that really has its genesis in Hillside, called Search. And Search does exceptional work in uh, working to help the victims of sexual exploitation and abuse. And they do it in all sorts of wonderful ways, practical and very, very thought, well thought out. Search has a fundraiser coming up on Saturday, December 4th. That's the next coming Saturday. It's virtual, it's on Zoom, and it's going to be an opportunity to be reminded and refreshed of all that Search does, uh, and it is significant. It's going to be uh, beautiful and meaningful. There are going to, there's going to be poetry readings by Jeff Reed, our, our former senior pastor here at Hillside, uh, a reading from a novel by Lisa McGinnis, who is a Hillsider and a Search leader, there's going to be uh, art that's going to be displayed, and it's going to be fairly concise because the planners know that uh, uh, Zoom tends to wear us out. So if you want an opportunity to be light in the world this week, uh, I invite you to come to the search fundraiser on December 4th. Next up, uh, I know that for those of us who belong to Jesus, this is a season in which we are particularly aware of all that God has done for us in Jesus. And we feel this instinct to want to give, to be generous in light of all of God's generosity towards us. Well, I have an opportunity for you to extend generosity. It's our Christmas sharing tree initiative. And um, it's an opportunity to give a gift to somebody in our community who needs a touch from God, who needs some of God's generosity. And the way to participate is very simple. You can go out to the lobby. You can take a gift tag from the tree. And you can also go to our website and you can pull a tag from our virtual tree. And this really makes a difference in, in people's lives. 
And I want you to know many of the gifts that you can get for somebody in need of one are our gift cards. So uh, it's reasonable. It's not overwhelming to uh, get a gift that fits, uh, as it were. So anyway, jump into our Christmas cherry tree initiative if you, if you feel God's leading. For those of you who are planners, you're already wondering, what's the plan for Christmas Eve? We're going to have two services, one at 5, one at 11. We're looking forward to having you for those great celebrations. Magi is coming up. Again, if you've been at Hillside for a while, you know what Magi is. Really spectacular musical and drama event that was written by Hillsiders. It's coming up the weekend of December 11th through the 13th. But here's something kind of fun for the December 11th at 1.15 performance. Before that performance, a group of Hillsiders are getting the festivities going by going to lunch together at the Alamo Palace Chinese Restaurant. So they're gathering, they're going to meet new friends, they're going to eat together, and then they're going to celebrate, uh, enjoy Magi together. So if you think you might be interested in, uh, in joining them, then they would love to have you. You can get your registration slip at the information table right after this service. And then lastly, about Magi. Again, we've talked a lot about it, just this beautiful, moving, funny Christmas musical created by Hillsiders. But some of you, maybe if you're new, or maybe if you're watching this service online, are still thinking, I can't quite imagine what this thing is. Maybe getting a little video sample uh, will push you over the edge in buying your tickets. Why don't we roll that video right now? Hello there! Oh my goodness! I'm out here in beautiful Walnut Creek at Hillside Covenant Church exploring the ground, seeing what's happening in... Uh... What? Uh, who are those people? Oh my gosh! Who... Who are you? What are you doing here? We're, we're magi from the east. Magi? We're, we're following that star. That star? Because it's announcing a great king. Oh, a king? And apparently, we're following the best guide in all the land, and we've lost him. Oh, gee, yes, man. and we've brought several gifts for that king and her. <laughs> nice. You know what? Unfortunately, we got to get going. we got to get back up on these stinking cameras. <laughs> oh, well, good luck. Well, that's... Not something you see every day traveling around. And I really hope that they find what they're looking for. I heard that their adventure begins December 10th through the 12th, and there's going to be snacks. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Steve. An excellent work, as always. Anyway, join us for Magi. Don't miss it. Uh, consider inviting a friend, and uh, God will meet you in a wonderful way um, as you experience it. Hey, it's time for our offering. As you know, offering is part and parcel of worship. We give to God out of the overflow of what he's given to us, and he's given us so much. Uh, if Hillside is your home church, and only if Hillside is for your home church, you're invited to give. Uh, you can do that by using the Church Center app. You can go to the website, or you can leave a check with us. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing on this time in our worship service. Father, thank you that you have brought us together again, and you've given us the gift of uh, bringing us together, meeting with us in this place, giving us an opportunity to pour our hearts out to you in worship. 
and furnishing us with the opportunity to hear from you as you speak to us in your word. And we're ready. We want to listen. We want to be guided by you. And we know you're going to do that today. Father, it's our joy to bring you something. Uh, grateful hearts, uh, love for our fellow children, and, uh, and other gifts as well. And we pray that you would receive these that they would make your heart glad and that you would use them to advance your good purposes in this world. And we thank you in advance for the way you're going to do it. Thank you for Pastor Stephen and bless him as he preaches this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I have no idea how I'm going to follow up the act of that guy that was on the... Oh, hello, Hillside! (laughs) I am Stephen Weissong, and it is good to be with you. Welcome to Advent. Hello, Christmas. I love this time of year. I seriously do. But there are people who really love Christmas. You know these people. They're already binge-watching the Hallmark Christmas movies. They have the decorations up. They've got their tree up before Thanksgiving. They have family nights where they make their own eggnog and build their own gingerbread houses. When you walk into their house, it feels like you've just entered Santa's village. Their ugly sweaters are so ugly. They make you jealous. And they always bring the best white elephant gifts. And they just have to send out Christmas cards every year, kind of like these families. Someone captured the wrong moment. They're all closing their eyes. Okay, what's, what's the next family? Oh, my gosh, I think Santa might be scared. <laughs> Santa might be afraid. Okay, what about the next family? <laughs> you know that the husband said, honey, I'm not taking this picture unless the birds are in it. And what about the next family? (laughs) Joy to the world! Uh, No, okay. And you know when these people, when they sing Christmas carols, it sounds like they're a heavenly host. These people really love Christmas. These people live in anticipation of the season all year round. And as we enter into the Advent season, I've realized that this season is all about anticipation. Now, I think a lot of the anticipation has been commercialized. But hopefully, as followers of Jesus, we know that Christmas can't be bought in a store. There is a deeper anticipation at work during Advent. We're celebrating the arrival of Jesus and anticipating the ongoing work of his kingdom to unite people and bring more of heaven to earth. And today at Hillside, we are launching into a brand new series called Kingly Visions. And we're going to be exploring the Old Testament prophets, what they saw and what they heard when the Spirit spoke to them about Christmas. We're going to be exploring the anticipation for the arrival of King Jesus. And hopefully, what we see and what we learn and and what we are reminded of is just like how there are people who really love Christmas. Christmas is the story of how God really loves us. 
And the walk of Jesus on this earth proves just how much God loves us. And so my hope and prayer for us this Christmas is that we would tune, we would fix our hearts, our minds, and our souls to anticipate the activity of God in our lives. And this brings us to our first kingly vision. It's found in Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16, and here's what we read. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. That's just awesome. The day will come. That is a phrase dipped in anticipation, isn't it? I remember growing up, my, my mom, we had a tradition in our family. The day after Thanksgiving, my mom would give my three brothers, I have two brothers, so the three of us, we would each get a baby Jesus to one of the nativity scenes set up around the house. And what our task was, was to hide baby Jesus. So we would get the baby Jesus, we'd run him through the house, hide baby Jesus, and all the way leading up to Christmas, whenever we walked by the place where we hid our baby Jesus, we would go, <laughs> it's like we had this knowledge that nobody else in the family did. And then on Christmas Day, my mom would say, okay, it's time. The day has come. And we would run and we would get our baby Jesus and we would go and complete the nativity scene. You see, my brothers and I, we knew something about our nativity scenes around the house. We knew that the day would come when Jesus would make the whole scene complete. Have you ever seen a nativity scene without Jesus in the middle? Everyone's staring at nothing. Isn't that a drag? But when Jesus is in the middle, the scene is complete. The picture is whole, and the wonder is alive. And so God tells his people, through Jeremiah, the day will come. And this line is an echo of a much larger prophetic hope that shows up all throughout the Old Testament. God has a gift for his people. A messianic king will arrive. God will live among his people and all of the nations will enjoy the peaceful rule of this king. And for Jeremiah's day, the people are living in unrighteous times. But here is this hope to anticipate a righteous king and the king God promises sounds fantastic. He will be a descendant from King David's line. And David was the greatest king Israel has ever had. So that's a promising start. But it gets better. The king will do what is just and right throughout the land. Hallelujah to that. You see, the Jews were fractured and divided in Jeremiah's day. Not that you and I would know anything about feeling like a nation is fractured and divided. And in Jeremiah's day, 
The people are doing what is unjust and not right throughout the land. They are breaking their covenant with God. Unrighteous kings have power and were oppressing the people. There was wickedness and unrest all around them. But a righteous king, well, he could fix what was broken. He could renew what was wayward. A righteous king, God promises, will arrive to save and return safety to his people. And for hundreds of years, the Jews anticipated this righteous king from Jeremiah's kingly vision. Now, you and I have the remarkable benefit when we read Jeremiah. We can read this kingly vision through the revelation of Jesus. That's something that not even Jeremiah could do. And what a gift that perspective is for our lives. You know, this has been a good reminder for me lately, so I'll share it with you. God isn't asking you to have it all figured out. He's asking you to trust he already has. So when God delivered this kingly vision to Jeremiah... He was asking the people to trust him. And whatever we are facing, whatever circumstances we are facing in our lives today, God is asking us to trust him. And as I was reading Jeremiah, I kept asking myself this question. What is righteousness? What is righteousness? The day will come and its name will be the Lord is our righteousness. Wow, I mean, this is like a great promise from God, but what is righteousness? We believe that in Jesus, we can have righteousness, but what is it? And so here's how I started to define righteousness. Righteousness is being right with God, and it's doing right God. It's being right with God, and it's doing right by God. And so we don't want a passive righteousness in our lives. We want an active righteousness in our lives. And to have an active righteousness, there has to be a combination of who we are and what we're doing. It has to be a combination of who we are and what we're doing for righteousness to be more than just a big word we say, but to become a way of life that we bring into the world. And so for me, that's how I started to think about righteousness. It's being in right relationship with God, and it's doing what is right in my life to bring glory to God. You know, have you ever noticed that everyone seems to agree that it's a good thing to be a righteous person? Everyone wants to be a good person and righteous. Even the bad guys have their good reason for their actions. Being good and righteous is a good thing. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> good. I thought you fell asleep. All right. We all basically agree with this. But here's the bad news. No one is righteous. You know, that's the wild thing about the gospel, is that it's actually bad news before it becomes good news. It's the news that humanity is sinful, unmerciful, broken, and not right. But the good news is that God loves us anyway.
God has compassion for us. And in a world lawless with sin, God has sent a righteous king. And that's the gift of this first kingly vision in Jeremiah. There is a king who brings order to our chaos so relationships can flourish. And as we head into this Advent season, I want to give us three ways to anticipate the righteous king this Christmas. So the first one, the, the first way that you can anticipate the righteous king is that no, it's knowing that righteousness is a person. Righteousness is a person. The Lord is our righteousness, is the exalted name that can only apply to Jesus. The Lord is our righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, God has, united, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself, which is a message for a whole other time. I would really like to unpack that sentence. It's awesome. But here we go. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. And so this week, here's what I started saying. Jesus lived a perfect life, so you didn't have to. So I didn't have to. Jesus died for our sins on the cross, but he also lived for our righteousness on the earth. Jesus fulfilled all the law and prophets. He did exactly what you and I couldn't. He was right with God, and he did right by God. God required his people to complete the Ten Commandments. And so Jesus kept the Ten Commandments. Jesus submitted to and completed all of the things the people of God were required to submit and complete. Jesus lived for our righteousness. And through his total righteousness, Jesus qualifies to be our savior, to be our lamb, to be our high priest, and to be our king. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Righteousness is who Jesus is, and it's what Jesus does. So how you can anticipate the righteous king? Remember, righteousness is a person, number one. Number two, righteousness is a gift from Jesus. Righteousness is a gift from Jesus. It's Christmas time, and one of the greatest gifts that we have are all of the timeless movies that we get to watch. And there are some really good ones. We just watched A White Christmas over Thanksgiving, and I just love that movie. But the story of Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol might have to be one of the more powerful movies, stories. You see, Scrooge is a shrewd and cold-hearted businessman. He is self-righteous, but that's just made him selfish. And on Christmas Eve, he gets three visitors. And we get to watch as Scrooge experiences an inward transformation. He goes from bah humbug to Merry Christmas. 
And so when Jesus becomes our king, the promise of scripture is that we will experience an inward transformation. Jesus takes our old stony and broken heart and he gives us a new heart. Because Jesus lived in perfect obedience in life, his atonement on the cross was perfect to rescue and save us. And what happens when we believe in Jesus is our sin is transferred to his account. My sin is carried to Jesus and is absorbed by the cross. And because of this redemption, Jesus transfers his righteousness onto me. It's my sin to him and his righteousness to me. We can't earn this righteousness on our own merit and we can't buy it. Righteousness is a gift to us from Jesus. His death makes us right with God and his life shows us how we can do right by God. And that's why I like to say that the greatest gift of Christmas isn't a gift beneath the tree. The greatest gift hung on a tree and then turned that tree into a bridge to lead us home to God. The greatest gift of Christmas isn't a gift beneath the tree. The greatest gift hung on a tree and then turned that tree into a bridge to lead us home to God. Righteousness is a person. Righteousness is a gift from Jesus. And third, righteousness is a lifestyle orbiting around Jesus. The king promised through the prophet Jeremiah, he will do what is just and right throughout the land. Our righteous king uses his power faithfully and for good. You see, the greater promise of Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16 is, is that God's sights aren't only set on regathering the Jews into the kingdom, but God is calling people of all nations from all over the world to be united with him under King Jesus. So our lifestyles matter. Because we are ambassadors for King Jesus. And if we live like the rest of the world around us, using power as force, nothing really separates us from the cultural narratives or shouting matches across the political aisles. But if we use and we live with power under compassion, we position ourselves to speak, from, to speak truth from love, and to shine the light of Jesus to the people around us. Something that I like to say a lot is, you might be the only Bible somebody else reads. And the Bible tells a great story. And so when people interact with your life or my life, what story are they reading? Are they reading a story about grace or condemnation? A story about judgment or forgiveness, a story about mercy or holding grudges? Are they reading a story about love? I hope that when people see our lives, they see stories orbiting the love of Jesus. The Bible is a book about good news telling the story about a good God who really does love us. 
And so in light of that, let's be good news people. As followers of Jesus, our assignment isn't to wait to get to heaven. We are called to live in such a way we get heaven to earth. In the ultimate hope, our primary anticipation is that the day will come when King Jesus will return and do what is just and right throughout the land. And he will restore the entire world. Jesus has been revealed to us. The king has arrived and the day will come when he will reign righteously for eternity. In the meantime, though, our anticipation is that his righteousness in us is sufficient enough for us. You know, I was born on Christmas Eve, 1224. And uh, I grew up, and that's always been my birthday. <laughs> and as I got older, I started to get bitter. You see, my dad is a pastor. So every Christmas Eve, my birthday was never really about me. <laughs> it would always get cut short so we could spend the rest of the day at church. And so I started a plan, and I'm not kidding you, this was my plan. I, I started planning in my head that one year, I would totally skip out on church and just celebrate my birthday. Ooh. I'm not kidding. That's what I really planned. A few years ago, I was in a Christmas Eve service holding a candle, and we were singing Silent Night. And I was feeling all bitter that, again, this birthday wasn't about me. And in that moment, I, I felt like God whispered into my life. And the thing that I heard God whisper into my life was, Stephen, it's not about you. And so when people find out that my birthday is on Christmas Eve, they inevitably will ask, how is that for you? And now what I always say is, well, you know, every year I'm reminded it's not about me. And that's the truth. I have realized that when I am not the most important person in the room, I've found that that's when the most important things start to happen. And the most important person is here. Jesus is the one day returning, all conquering, supremely reigning, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Lord, our righteousness. Let's pray. God, it took you entering time for us to be able to have a chance to be made right with you. Jesus, it took you coming in the form of a baby, living a perfect life of obedience, dying on the cross for us to even have a hope that we could live to do right by you. We need Jesus. And God, as we anticipate all of the festivities, all of the warmth and wonder of this Christmas season, above all else, may we anticipate your arrival 
in your ongoing work. God, we might not be able to understand everything happening around us in this world. God, there are things happening in our lives right now that just don't make any sense at all. And my prayer for us is that we would cling to the line, the day will come. We have hope and anticipation that the day will come when King Jesus will come and do what is just and right in this world. And he will reign righteously. In the meantime, may we trust that while we might not have it all figured out, you do. And we get to live in the joy of knowing that you love us, that your compassion is for us, that your mercy is poured out onto us. May we live in the overflow of those things and may those things spill out to the world and people around us so that they can see your good news in our lives, that Jesus, the Lord, our righteousness, is here. God bless us as we go. In your awesome, awesome name, amen. Amen. Please stand. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful
going to be good for you up here. Is that good? I saw the camera. I was like, well, wait. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you uh, are in need of some prayer today, we have some very faithful prayers who would just love to pray for you, whatever you're going through. Maybe you, you have a prayer of praise. Uh, they would love to just pray for you. You know, one of my all-time favorite movies is A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Uh, yes, Jane. And it, they have a song that when November hits, I start singing it around the house. I won't sing it to you, but I wanted to read just some of the lyrics. It's the song, It Feels Like Christmas. And, and here's what it says. A cup of kindness that we share with another, a sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. In all the places you find love, it feels like Christmas. It is the season of the heart a special time of caring, the ways of love made clear. And it is the season of the Spirit, the message, if we hear it, is make it last all year. And as, as I hear that, I always just think, 
That's Jesus. Jesus is the one who makes love clear. Jesus is the one who gives us the sustenance, gives us the strength to walk this life year after year in faith, in his righteousness, to know that when we believe in him, we've been, we've been made right with God, and he's shown us the way to do right by God. And the invitation is to bring as many people with us as possible. And so my prayer, my hope for you as we leave this place today is that when people interact with your life, they would say, wow, that's love. And it feels like Christmas. So may you go in peace and grace and in the love of Jesus, the Lord, our righteousness. We love you here at Hillside. Have a great day. God bless you. Goodbye.